Hey ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of Explode Your Expert Business Show brought to you by gtex.org.uk. I'm your host, Simone Vincenzi, and this is the podcast for experts who want to become the ultimate authority in their niche while making an impact in the world. Today is episode 290, which is a really special episode, Black Lives Matter, Racism and Communication with my wife, Lovell Da Vincenzi. Now, last week, uh, my wife and I decided uh, to do a Facebook Live in our clients group talking about uh, Black Lives Matter, racism and communication. Now, she's black, I'm white. We decided that uh, uh, we needed to share our voices and to talk about this situation, in particular for some people that don't know how to navigate it. You know, these are difficult times. No matter what we write or no matter what we say, it's going to trigger someone else. And it was a very very open and raw conversation about what is happening in the world right now and how we can find a common ground of communication. Now, for those of you that don't know my wife, she is the founder of uh, World Class Female Speakers and the co-founder of the Female Speaker Award. She's an MC, moderator, uh, female speaker mentor, and she's working with female entrepreneurs to be found, booked, and paid as speakers. And during this interview, uh, Lovelda and I talked about uh, what white people can do, what black people can do in this situation, how to respond to comments on social media in a sensible way, uh, what comments to avoid and why, and what actions we can take to move forward the conversation in a positive way so we can get closer as humanity. Now, the conversation was so valuable for our members that I've decided to make it public on our podcast so we can fully understand what is really going on and how to handle the situation in the best way and we can move forward as human beings. Now, uh, I really encourage you to listen to it, engage with it, leave a comment, let us know what you think because that's how we can keep the communication going, we can keep the... um, the movement going and in particular we can change our society in a better way so without further ado enjoy episode 290 black lives matter racism and communication with lovelda vincenzi hello hello gtex family hope you are well what didn't happen in the past few weeks i mean between coronavirus between uh, um, George Floyd death and Black Lives Matter movement and the riots and protests and what didn't happen. So I decided to do this uh, particular Facebook Live with uh, Lavelda, with my wife, my gorgeous wife. Uh, Not looking so gorgeous right now, though, babe. Oh, you always look gorgeous, this baby. Is, yeah, you always a great look. PR moment. For no, me, you, you, you always look gorgeous. You always look gorgeous. Do you know what? You're the best. I, I know you're the best. No, you're the best. <laughs> no, but you're the best. <laughs> no, but you're the best. <laughs> so anyway, I've got to laugh. It's been, uh, it's we were hard. we decided I decided to do this particular uh, live because uh, there is uh, a lot of miscommunication going on. It's a very difficult situation. Um, white people don't know how to communicate with black people. Black people don't know how to communicate with white people. White people don't do, don't know how to communicate with other white people. Black people don't know how to communicate with other black people. Is that is it? Is a palaver, and, and um, uh, Lovelda has been my PR agent for the past few days. So, <laughs> literally, like, I, 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 as a white man, I don't know what to write. I want to talk about stuff, but I don't know what's offensive, what's not. And I think there is a lot 
in this conversation uh, this this space to be created for cultures different cultures and different backgrounds to come together and really understand each other so and understanding how can we communicate without creating more hurt more pain more conflict and that's why we're doing this today so pr agent are you <laughs> firstly i am like let me just say this i'm I can't speak for all black people, so I can only speak from my perspective. So it might help to have some context around what the conversation is that's actually happening. And then my background and position, because I can't, there's certain things I can't speak to because I haven't experienced the, the plethora of things. Um, but I can see kind of both sides of the story and a little bit of pain. And by both sides of the story, to be clear, the the beating in this and killing people i don't see that that that's just senseless nonsense by both sides i can see both people wanting to both sides wanting to communicate and help but sometimes it's just not going right so i um some of you know me some of you don't know me so well i grew up in international schools um so my friends and my background was always from the age of four until 16 I was always around people of multiple nationalities because I grew up in a black country in an international school with Australian teachers, New Zealand teachers, African friends, American friends, Australian friends, Chinese friends, Indian friends. Like it, So I, I was blessed in so much as I grew up in a little bit of a bubble in that regard. And then when I moved to the UK, I, live, I went into, I, my sister and I were the only black kids in the school. Um, I've always known because I'm black works, things are going to be harder and, oh, can no, everybody no. hear? Okay. No, um, I've, I've always known that because of the color of my skin, things would be, because of the color of my skin and that I'm female, things would just might be just a bit more difficult because I knew I would be coming up against things. And there were conversations that would have been had in my household that may not have been had in my, in households of some of my um, Caucasian friends, for want of a better term. So I have not, I'm not coming from a space where um, I have always been in a black community and lived around that space. I haven't. Um, I've always been in a multinational space. Um, so I can't speak for, for black people who've grown up in purely black backgrounds where they would have been experiencing racism every day in and day out. That was not my personal experience growing up at all. Um, but I have, but what I did get to see was ignorant comments and ignorant statements and you know at school I had a couple of people I fell out with at university I had people I needed to pull up on stuff but I've always come at it from they don't know any better um but that's been my experience so that's the first thing the second thing in terms of the black lives matter movement in a whole there are multiple layers of conversation under one heading right so it started from this I it started from police brutality in the US. That's actually what drove the conversation. And from there it has evolved to include um from there it's involved evolved to include multiple um dimensions within under the same category so firstly it's you know if you're speaking to somebody who's in the u.s and who's in the midst of it they're very much what i'm seeing is it's a big conversation around police brutality in the u.s and but what's happened is the conversation over the last few weeks has expanded to include racism in general racism whether it is conscious or unconscious racism because we're all a little bit racist right so we're just not all consciously racist we're not all out there doing crazy stuff 
but we all have our unconscious bias, which would have us occasionally evoke racist-like behavior. It's just, it's a distinction. Um, and, and it's evolved to then look at as business owners, as speakers, what is our personal responsibilities around making a change? Where else does this show up? Actually, yes, but the racism is showing up in the office and it's also showing up at schools and how do I educate my kids better? So it's a multifaceted, multi-layered, multi-dimensional problem. That's what makes, uh, that's what makes this conversation so difficult because there is just so many layers one on top of the other. Like when we were talking in the past few few days, like what, there is uh, so many layers in which you can see what happened from uh, police brutality to... Uh, I mean, it'll be silly to... things. I was just talking to a friend of mine who was explaining that one of our mutual friends used to be taken out of PE class, out of maths class every time she was in maths to go and play PE. Like literally like just freaking with her education. So it's lots of little things. So not everybody who is black, who is speaking up, is speaking up about the conscious stuff or the things that we'd advertedly see as bad right now. I've had people make comments. I'll give you an, another example of like what I would put in the unconscious ignorant category. Um, at university, <laughs> I, was, I was actually part of an international group. <laughs> um, just so you can understand the plethora of what people are speaking to. I was part of an international... You take my vino. International group at uni, which was a role about... Um, diversity and the whole program we were promoting was around this and we're in this management committee and there's a mix of us there's uh i think it was there's five of us there's three white guy three three white one asian and myself so we had a bit of a blend and we were doing this meeting and grace was her name uh couldn't make that meeting for whatever reason and the four of us are sat there talking about what we're going to be doing for the year and somebody made a comment um <laughs> around uh grace is chinese by the way so this is this is not a black thing but grace was chinese this is important for the story and somebody made a comment about uh, those chinese students who always sit together right at the front of the class like why don't they integrate and i almost lost it because i i don't think they were meaning badly but i said let's think about it for a moment these people have left their country traveled to the other side of the world <laughs> to speak their second, maybe third language, to be educated where they know nobody. And they happen to have found some people to which there is some minute um, thing that would bring them together, that maybe they could remember a food that they all ate at home, and so they stay together. Surely, surely it's our responsibility, not theirs, to learn more. And I think that story, I mean, I stormed off at that point and I said, look, if Grace were here, she'd be absolutely disgusted. And I can't even believe I'm dealing with this crap right now. And they sat with it and bless them, they've all become even more beautiful human beings as a result of the conversation. But I was just very angry at that moment. Um, and we came back and they apologized and I never told Grace because I didn't think she needed to hear that. <laughs> it was a learning moment. But the point being that um, unless we can start to open up to understand the what is going on in the world of those who are affected from their perspective and my perspective as a black woman and somebody else's perspective as a black woman and somebody else's as a black man may be slightly different. Yeah. There are some commonalities across the piece and there are some interpretations in which people would get this kind of mixed up and muddled up. So I can speak to some generalizations, but I'm going to give it a like caveat that it's not the same for everybody all of the time. 
But if we're going to take the view of they should come and do this, it's not going to help. If we can ask more questions and stay open and learn and understand, and I'm learning, I don't have all the answers. I'm not always going to get this right. Somebody checked me today because I didn't show up on Instagram. Um, but it's how you do it that will drive an impact. And I showed up and explained myself, but I'm you know, grateful for her for doing it. So, you know, don't think all the white people have got it wrong and all the black people have got it right. Nope, I see uh, fault on a, both sides. It's a very <laughs> complex matter. I mean, there, there is a, a part basically saying, you know, biases, racism, sexism, prejudice, like preconceived opinions that impact a group. Everyone has biases and uh, not everyone has prejudice actions. Uh, I think that's a, that's a very valid point from Parbesh. And uh, it is uh, uh, what I would love to invite now, the conversation, because we had a conversation privately in the, in the group of Lifetime member earlier. And uh, no, it's very difficult to see what to do. Like right now is almost anything you're going to do is going to hurt someone. Anything you're going to do is going to trigger something in someone. Whether they're black, white, whether they're black, they're going to trigger it. And so that's what makes also the conversation more difficult because some people will rather say, you know what, I know this is, I don't know how to put this across. I would love to support, but I've seen some of my friends that were white and they put out something for support and then they got lynched. And then we have uh, uh, from the other side, people that are saying, well, but I need to take my time before I comment or before I'm uh, talking about something. So I'm not, I'm not ready, whether they are white or whether they are black. Some black people, they feel pressured mm -hmm. from, uh, why haven't you said something? Um, where have you been? Where's where have you been? Like, where have you said? And, uh, and then uh, uh, white people, they say, why haven't you said something? And then they say something and they say, why have you said it? It is tough. It so is tough. So here, how can we navigate a bit more this? Here's my thoughts, right? I've, I, when I talk about this, I seek to take race out of it for a moment so it's it's relatable to everybody and then you can relay a race back onto it right because if we're talking in the context of uh, something we, we don't can understand can we take a race out of it out of this conversation uh yes and no so in this particular instance if we're talking about speaking up about something if i were to if i were to think about it in relation to something else so that's what i mean by I take race out of it for a moment and then we relay it back on so people are saying, why is it not helpful to say, you know, to speak up and why are people lynching me? And I don't feel like I can speak up because somebody's lynching me. If you can understand that there are lots of people because of the color of their skin who are in a huge amount of pain and a huge amount of anger and a huge amount of frustration. Some may have been trying to have their voices heard for years and not be heard. Some of them may have been targeted for years, not due to, just simply due to the color of their skin. There is hurt that's on many different levels. Some of it's personal because it's something personal that's happened to them. Some of it's something that's happened outside of them, right? So if we were to replace black with a child, who'd grown up in a house that was abusive, right? And you go and you go to give them a hug and they punch you in the face. Would you then walk away and say, I'm not hugging any more children like this because they punch me in the face. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to help. I can't help. I'm going to sit on the sidelines and just let them be in pain. And I'm not making the punch in the face right, just to be clear. That reaction is not right, but we know that anybody who's been in a space of pain for years, whether it is yeah. abuse or 
neglect or anything like that, if they've been in that space for years, there are inbuilt triggers where when they finally get that space, it's not clear. They don't communicate clearly. It doesn't come out nice. It, you know, there's a trigger and then they see you as that person. It's not, it's as some, you, you just are representative of something else that had happened and you've come at them in a way that looks the same. So if you know somebody has been abused, when you lift your hand, you know, initially they're, they're braced because they're used to that leading to something else, right? So when you remember that, then saying, but I was hit too, doesn't make any sense, <laughs> especially if it's something that you're beyond. So if you think of it, if you can remember that many people are in a huge amount of pain or you're saying, can you explain it to me? Even though you're in a lot of hurt, can you explain it to me right now? Why is this? You kind of have to be a little bit more patient. You kind of have to have a little bit more tolerance. You kind of have to ask a few more questions, Um, but you wouldn't go into that scenario and start telling them how they should feel or say, do you know what? Loads of people are abused. You're a child. You've been abused, but adults are abused too. And um, dogs and animals have been abused for years as well. Why are we just talking about child abuse? Why can't we talk about animal abuse at the same time? Because child abuse is a problem and it's their problem that they're facing right now. And attention and spotlight is on that. So it is disrespectful and it's dismissive in that guise to then say that. So if you can, I don't care. And I don't care if it's child abuse or if it's something equally that you can relate to where somebody is in pain like anguish where they're broken, their heart is breaking, they've been in that space for a while and it's the first time that they've had a space to be heard. Anything other than an acknowledgement of that as a starting point or if no acknowledgement is in your response, it's probably going to elicit a knee-jerk reaction, which I'm not condoning because I'm a speak to people of color too who've been Doing that chisel, it doesn't work. It doesn't help. It creates more divide. I'm not I for that say, either. Like, there is, for example, like, even Parvish saying, like, I was hit too. That person actually group is looking for significance. And when you move away the, from the context from the conversation, it changes the entire nature of the conversation. And uh, there are a lot of people that are saying, no, there is this old debate at the moment. Black life matters. No, not black life matters. All life matters. Yes, that's true. All life matters. But this now takes away from that conversation about what happens in the black community. I, the only thing I can liken it to is saying we're talking about child abuse, but there's domestic abuse. We should talk about domestic abuse, but we're talking about child abuse, but domestic abuse, all abuse. You know what? There's abuse in the workplace as well. Why can't we just talk about this thing here right now? Because all you're saying is... Let's just lump it your, all together what, so we what can't it deal with, with it. Is like your problem is not important to me. That's what he said. Like what you're going through, what you're experiencing right now is not important to me. That That's how it lands. It lands as it's not important and it also lands as there's not a space for this conversation. Mm. Um, there isn't a space for us to be able to talk about this because it's always going to be about something else. It's always going to be about all of these other things. But this is a thing that is fundamentally important. So why do we have to talk about everything else at the same time? There's somebody in this group said it beautifully. There's a space to talk about domestic abuse. There's a space to talk about child abuse. Mm. There's a space to talk about LGBT. There's a space to talk about mental health issues. Why can't there just be a space to talk about 
abuse that happens to black people. That doesn't invalidate the other spaces. It doesn't mean yeah. the other yeah. spaces don't exist. It doesn't mean that we're saying this space is more important than the other spaces. We're just saying, can we just have a space, please, to talk about this issue and only this issue and nothing else but this issue yeah. because this is the issue right now. And if it was somebody who'd come to you who'd been hurt, you wouldn't then say, oh, that's nice, but my back hurt once too. So when you can take the race thing out and replace it with something else, you may begin to start to understand why the backlash comes from all lives matter. Because normally in any, in most other contexts, we wouldn't then when somebody says, here's a problem and here's a pain, lump a whole bunch of other crap on top of it and say, but let's speak about a whole thing that's going to water this specific issue now. It's almost like someone had a family member that died and then they say, oh, but my uncle died and, and that doesn't take away the pain that the person had that loss. And what we need to understand right now, which has been an inc- a very weird experience for me. And that's why, uh, you know, I'm, emo- I'm, a, I'm emotional. I'm an emotional person and I do things impulsively. Um, so I was like, no, frick, I got to do this live. I got to do the, the thing with the, the lifetime members and the private group that we did before. And uh, the... What hurts is, uh, I, I don't know how to explain it, but I've never, or very rarely, not that I'm experiencing it recently, I've been hurt so much in my life. I feel pain and I'm not even involved. <laughs> I, I'm a white man. <laughs> so far, face-wise, from the black community. But it hurt, and uh, I tap into some pain. I whatever happened, I don't know. But if I can just feel a fraction of what people might feel about this situation, I think is 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 our duty as human beings to encourage the conversation and to understand that uh, when you are shutting someone down that says, hey, listen, we have a problem we need to address, and you say, no, but there are all these other problems, what you are saying right now is, no, I don't care about you. I don't care about you. I don't care about your people. I don't care about your problems. And that's the message that come across. It's not maybe what you want to say, but that's the message that come across. And the other thing that happened, which really hurt, which I would love to expand right now, Mm -hmm. is... uh, about shutting the conversations down. Because it's not an easy conversation. This was one of the most, like the post that I wrote this this morning was one of the most, probably the most difficult post I've ever had to write. I mean, how many times we went through the freaking post together? We probably edited that about a good five or six times before we could get the tone. I'm not even going to say right. Close to hitting the mark. It's it's impossible. There is no right here. There is no things that can be done right. But... When the conversation shuts down, when there are communities that instead of encouraging the conversation, what they're saying is, this is not the place because this is business, right? It happened frequently. I've heard many people commenting on this. It's like, no, this is not a place for this. This is just business. We don't talk about these topics. So, uh, how does the. Here's my leave? view on it. And Danny, thanks for piping up. I think I've seen a few other people in here as well kind of speaking yeah, around we got, it. We've got, we got and Danny, will, we've um, got Genevieve, we've got Parbesh, uh, Ick. So for me personally, how it lands is 
Look, if that's congruently how you have been on all topics and themes and anything that has ever come into your group and your space that is literally outside of this and you have been to the letter with every single thing that you've ever said that it's always business, I respect you for that. But if you've invited COVID-19 discussions, if you've invited discussions around any other topical event happening ever, but you can't open a discussion around this, that isn't leadership and you need to check yourself. That's just my position on it um, because I've seen, you know, I'm not going to say it's not appropriate in all places all of the time. Yeah. And there is a way in which the conversation needs to be facilitated and it does take facilitation and there's responsibility of the leader of the group and every individual within the group to have a constructive conversation rather than to play a blame game. And I absolutely do, you know, I have no problem in somebody shutting down a conversation where it's like, we're not ready to have this because we tried and people are too raw and they're too angry, but this is why I'm shutting it down here because we can't do it constructively Hmm. because people's feelings are just too raw that we're not ready to do it or we're not going to do this in a group setting. So I'm just going to address it in a single call and then we're not going to have this conversation anymore because I don't feel skilled enough to do it. But for somebody to bring something to the table, if it's brought to the table in a constructive manner and if the context is set well, to shut it down is not helpful. This is not a time to avoid something, especially if you've invited other conversations in your group or you've invited other conversations and you've piped up about COVID-19, which only happened a little while ago, but then you want to shut this down. I'm telling you, people will see it for what it is and they're not going to like it. It doesn't look good. You could talk about COVID-19, which was not business, right? Um, So if you want to say it's all about business, here's what I suggest. Why don't you go and ask that the conversation, you know, the COVID-19 was a business related conversation about how we're going to get out of this. This is a conversation about how we bring more diversity into business, but I want to keep it strictly business. So you're welcome to set ground rules. You're welcome to set ways of or parameters to work within. But honestly, to say not here, not here, this is not a conversation that's welcome in any way, shape or form. Um, I was going to write something today and I'll share, I'll share it. Um, and it came from the experience that Simone shared in this group and on in various different places around this idea of um, being racist or non-racist. And I hate that word because it's very triggering to people. I always start with thinking, assuming everybody is not a racist, right? And in my view, I think that you get to sit very comfortably in a space of non-racist and you can take racist and say non, non-sexist, non-homophobic, non-whatever. You get to speak, sit in the non-space until or unless such time that something is in your space for you to address in relation to that thing you say that you're against. So if we take Black Lives Matter and you say, I'm not a racist, and something comes into your space which is presenting as racism or on that corner. How you deal with that, how you deal with that, either you get to show that you're, an, that you're anti this and you step up, or you get to demonstrate racist-like behavior in that moment. And this doesn't define you as a racist for life. It define, it's a moment for you to stop and look at yourself and say, I could have done better. I could have done better. We make mistakes. We don't know how to deal with this. You know, I could have done better. I could have 
I, you know, this is what I'm going to do and what I'm going to take from it. Um, I also say that the words that we use, and I will say this, whether you're black, white, Asian, Puerto Rican, I don't care. The words that we use have a huge impact and we have a responsibility for what we say and how we say it. And that is regardless because I have watched on the other side, uh, you know, I've spoke about the anger and the hurt of, of people of color. Um, but I've also watched very well-meaning people jump in and get lynched. Getting lynched is just the start. You know, I, I already spoke to what that meant. But here's the thing. When you go out and you're upset about something and you shout and you scream and you curse and you point the finger and you label people as this, that and the other and you make them wrong and you make them bad and you put them in their place and you tell them what for and you do it in an aggressive manner, they don't hear your words. They don't hear them. It's not effective. It doesn't help the change. It drives more division. And that's not what we want. At least that's not what I want. I don't think it's what anybody else here wants. It doesn't help. Um, and that doesn't mean you don't get to be angry and pissed off and upset and frustrated and all of those sorts of things. It doesn't mean you don't get to feel that. You absolutely get to feel that. You absolutely are okay with feeling hurt and guilt and shame or whatever it is that's going on for you. I'm not saying your feelings aren't valid. I'm saying when you communicate them and how you communicate them is a responsibility where either you're going to communicate in such a way that you're going to help to drive change or you're going to communicate in such a way that you're going to be part of the divide. And it doesn't matter where you are, whether you are black, white, Asian, Puerto Rican, what you say in this moment is going to head in one direction or the other. And so it's worth it. Like if you're not in a position to be able to talk because it's so raw, don't. It's okay. And then people who be judging, you need to stop judging. Everybody got to go on their own dang journey. Sorry, I just... So I'm gonna there. I'm going to go back into the the si silence in a moment and uh, not sharing because mm -hmm. uh, I think there is a lot to be said in silence. Um, I want to start addressing a point from a, a community point of view. Everyone here runs businesses. We build communities with clients, and uh, the I think that the worst thing we can do right now is to shut the conversation down because it's not comfortable because it's not convenient, because we don't know how to handle that conversation. All the reasons why, or um, it comes at the wrong time, This there is not the wrong time, this is the time, it's coming. And the conversation is there. And the, if we avoid to have that conversation, no matter how hard it is, then uh, uh, we are on a business level, we send a message. And the message that we send, if we don't address the conversation is, uh, I don't care about what's going on around. That's the message that we send. If we don't say anything. And uh, the reason why I've been sending the post, uh, even this morning, uh, in the GDX family, to open and invite an honest conversation, it will say, we don't know the answers. We need to talk about this. And, uh, you know, I, put, uh, I even put some guidelines. Hey, I would love... For this conversation, these are the guidelines on the conversation. One of the first comment, the first comment I received was, you know, people are not commenting here because you said already you are policing already the the freaking conversation. You're already setting the guidelines. And so I'm the first one. I'm gonna get it wrong because I don't know how to. Very few people know how to handle this conversation right now. But I'm not going to stop trying to find a solution so I can learn and having meaningful exchanges. And I think that if in your communities 
you start, I invite you to start building those conversations. Reach out to the black members of your community and say, you know, how you doing? Are you all right? That goes a long way from what I've heard and from what from all the conversations I had. So now from, from the topic of community, I want to move to the topic of silence. Mm -hmm. Because there is a... Silence is judged now. And uh, if you are a black person, you're not talking and you're silent, then... Where you're are not, you? Do you not you? care? Are you not interested? If you are a white person and you're silent and you're witnessing something, now you're a racist. If you are, if you, so. Let me just pick up on where, that. If you're a white person and you've ever been silent while shit's been going on, you've, you've had racist behavior in that moment in the same way that if you're a man and you've ever witnessed a woman having being put in a position that was unjust and you didn't do anything in that moment, you were sexist. It's not any different, no, uh, the right? Question, the question that I have is, because there is this conversation going on of, okay, if a black person now is taking their time and they don't say anything, mm -hmm. then it's okay because they're hurt and they're processing. And I understand that. And there is also the other counterpart from uh, a lot of white people that I know, which says, no, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to write. I didn't want to add. I'm taking my time to process this and then write something so the situation are part are very similar in terms of i want to say something that matters and i want to say something meaningful so um i think it depends on your intent and where you're at so i had this very thing today where i i got called by somebody in my instagram profile about not showing up and but i'm a stand for pat strong powerful women i am not demonstrating being powerful by not speaking and not saying anything straight away And so, um, and at the same time, I need a little space to process. And, but I didn't avoid her question. I didn't avoid what she was saying. Uh, I actually went live straight away. And I said, first, I didn't realize anybody was looking on this platform. I'm not that active. Um, and secondly, just because I haven't said anything doesn't, on here, doesn't mean I haven't been doing anything, you know? And please be, ask questions rather than to make statements. And the reason I answered her was because she asked me, Is there a reason? I just want you to, you don't have to explain it to me, but I would like to understand why you haven't spoken up on this. And when I, we had a beautiful exchange and we're cool because she goes, you know, because if you hadn't said anything, I probably would just unfollowed you because here's how it lands from my perspective, which is, this is a big thing. I respect you. You know, I've been looking up to you for a while. It's a big thing in my life and you just don't seem to give a crap because at the same time I've been promoting my podcast. So she's like, I'm seeing all this podcast promotion, but nothing on this particular matter. But she approached it openly as a question rather than as a statement. And I know of friends of mine who've had the opposite where people are just like, you don't care, I'm unfollowing, blah, blah, blah. So the first thing is in relation to somebody commenting about the issue for the first time, they have to do that in their own time, in their own way, if they have the capacity to do it. Because for some people, when you're in a lot of pain, it's like saying, you're grieving. You didn't tell us that such and such passed. Well, you know what? I've been like a pool on the floor for the last three days. Like, you know, I've had other things that are concerning me. My daughter's been crying like nobody's business. I don't know how to explain it to this one. This is happening with the paperwork. And you want me to take a moment to come on social media and put a square up. Why? I'm, I'm dealing with it. I will be back, right? So... There is a degree of you have absolute right to ask those people who you have been following and you want an answer from, why? 
Why is it you've been quiet? Don't judge them and go in and say, you haven't been standing up and assume that because they haven't made a public statement that they're not behind it, right? So that's from the the sort of black perspective. And secondly, as a leader, if you're in that position where people are knocking on your door and asking you, you kind of have to ask yourself, am I demonstrating the leadership I want to see in the world right now? And when I asked myself the question, I was like, I'm not. I can't be a stand for female speakers and be a stand for diversity and not be speaking up about this. I don't have a choice. I need to get there as quickly as I can, but I don't need to be forced into commenting on this any sooner than I want to. That's on my own terms, except if it's in my face and I see some shizzle going down because I call some people, all kinds of people on stuff before I went and commented on things. You know, I've seen things on individual posts and if I've seen it, I've stepped in and taken immediate action around those things because they need action now. But in relation to how I address my community and what statement it is that I'm putting out to people, I will do that in my time, in my way, but I have to do it. So the the conversation is if you are doing your statement to your community, take your time. But but also there is the element of not taking too don't, much don't time. Don't take too much time. Because, Even if the statement uh, is, the I'm considering speaks, it. Silence is loud. And, you know, then on the other side, if you see something happening in front of your eyes, don't just stop and see. Well, if you see I'm something thinking, happening, the silence speaks for itself in that moment too. I'm thinking about, uh, uh, and then there is, there is a time to create a well-crafted message to your community, to your followers, to your social media. That, takes time i mean i got my pr agent thanks god that is uh, <laughs> and ask people ask people um but uh, if you see something in front of you otherwise you're part of the problem and i say you i'm saying i because uh, i'm the first one is guilty as everything with that the amount of times that i saw something whether it was on a bus whether it was uh, a, at an event whether it was uh, uh, when I was uh, at school, uh, when I was uh, when I played basketball, you name it, I've seen it. Uh, uh, playing basketball, I grew up. Most of my friends were black. Most of my, a lot of my friends now are black, uh, and I've not said when I could say something. And it, I, by doing this, I'm part of the problem. I'm part of the problem. And uh, that's also, I think, one of the reasons why this situation hit me really hard. Now that I'm talking Processing through it, it. yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm, pro- I'm a process. I'm, I'm an emotional wreck right now. I know, babe. But I know you. Like I was like, I- she's getting through shit, and I'm the one who feels hurt. I don't know how this. <laughs> this is why I say we've got to have like- compassion, regardless of what the color of your skin is, because everybody is processing things. If you if you wake up in the morning and you think I've been screwing this up, it's like. You know, I can only liken it to having a child and waking up one day and realizing that you're the problem. Like the reason your child is the way that you are is entirely up to you and it's every decision that you've done. That is a hard pill to it swallow. Is. It is. Um, and I, so I think there needs to be a little bit of compassion around it. What I want to say about not being part of the problem, look, I'll put it slightly differently. If you see something and you haven't spoken about it, you've made it okay. You've made it okay because in that moment, you've allowed it to exist as if it's fine. So you in your inaction in that moment have made it okay. You've made it acceptable. You've put your seal of approval on it. 
because sometimes you need to hear it the opposite way around sometimes for something to land because I've heard it like oh you know you're part of the problem and I'm like eh. but when I start to think of it is actually no if I don't say anything my silence is saying this is okay in my book it's acceptable let it be it's good it's okay for things to be like this because if you saw somebody being beat in the street, you wouldn't just walk past. You wouldn't come to them after the fact and say, oh my gosh, I saw that person beating you. Like, are you okay? You'd call the cops. You'd jump in. You'd try and get somebody else to help. You'd do what you could in that moment because somebody is in pain, right? Because somebody was in pain in that particular moment. And so because it was a word rather than physical doesn't mean it's not having the same perpetual effect. So... I just wanted to give a slightly oh, different perspective on the same point. No, it, it makes sense. And, um, you know, it, it is about everyone. If you are seeing something that is not just, uh, is uh, um, there are racist behaviors, there is persecution, there is uh, all the things that uh, I know here in this group we hate, then uh, call it, call it in... This is a message for me. This is a message for everyone who needs to hear it. Everyone who knows that uh, they've let things slide and where they know they, sh they should have said something. So now this brings me back to, um, uh, to how, like on social media, this is the final part of the, of yeah. the conversation. You actually because, had a structure? Uh, I just came for a chat. <laughs> I, I, know, I know you did. I've got... Okay. Yeah, well, just one of the time. Just one of the few but, times. But I know, but I had to. I'm an emotional wreck. I told Aww. you. Otherwise, we don't know what we're talking about. Okay. I don't know what I'm talking about half the time. I'm just giving it a whirl. Wow. Now, whatever comes out is good. <laughs> so, um, uh, so these are the, the cheesy moments that we have in the, in the middle of talking about racism. I was like, we could. <laughs> but uh, now, the social media environment is um, is a tough environment to navigate. Because when someone writes a comment or when someone writes a post, you is a form of communication where you don't see, you don't hear that person, you don't feel the tone of their words. So it might be that the same thing that will end in one way, if it's expressed verbally or in a meeting or in a Zoom call, whatever, written can blow up out of proportion or can be seen in a different way. And also the platform doesn't invite a, an exchange of ideas in real time. There is always a post, moment, respond, moment, respond, moment, respond, which invites only very short bite-sized conversation instead of like a longer constructive conversation. Unless you guys are taking the time, everyone right now is taking the time to be here and listen to the full, to the full story. So from uh, let's just start from black person perspective. Okay. Um, social media one hundred one guidelines uh, for not uh, for not for not being a dick. For not being a <laughs> <laughs> yes, that for not being. How a dick. to not be a dick on social media in relation to this particular topic? So um, if you are somebody who's been impacted, I get it's exhausting um, right now to see comments that are that are really crazy to see things that are kind of ignorant and to just feel like you're just schooling people. Right. I, I get it. I'm, I, I'm running. I'm the next time I pick up my phone, I'm going to say, hi, Lavelle PR. Like 
it's a lot um it's a lot and um and it's frustrating and it's angering but here's the thing we've got to check ourselves um before we respond so the same way i've seen a lot of posts at the moment and there's been a lot of attention on this idea of of um checking your white privilege i also say that for those of us who were in this skin tone you need to check your filters <laughs> right you need to check what you're actually interpreting from what's been written and yes well intentioned can be clumsy and screwed up and wrong and ignorant and stupid but it doesn't mean that in front of you is an ignorant stupid racist it doesn't mean that it means it can mean it's a well meaning person who never before knew or understood why this thing was actually going to be a problem and it's exhausting to explain it multiple times it's exhausting to pick the phone up it's exhausting to you know but if you can find a group of resources that perhaps you can say to somebody listen i i'm just going to assume that you you haven't uh, you may not understand why this sentence is going to be quite triggering for people reading you reading your point and i understand the sentiment of what you're saying but here i suggest you read this or i invite you to listen to this conversation i would say please keep the conversation open because to point fingers and to blame and to get angry and to accuse everybody as if they're all you know they were the person who prosecuted you and your family um will is only going to drive a bigger divide that we will be having more of a black white black white conversation and i don't honestly believe that is the end goal of the majority of yeah. people who are involved in this dialogue so If you are not capable right now of getting into it, switch it off. Switch off the social media. Block, follow, pause, put people on mute if you have to. Set guidelines for what people can post in your feed. Take yourself off it altogether. Give yourself a holiday if you have to. If it's too raw and too hard and every time you open it it's exhausting, it's okay to just not involve yourself anymore. But please do not Re- do not put something out in anger and frustration pick up the phone and call somebody who understands you and your context and rant to the high hills like have your group of people you can call and just be like if i have to explain this shizzle one more time i'm gonna lose my head right um so that's it from that perspective like we're, we're all using filters and sometimes we read something and we just think that they just say that you really have to go back and reread it and see if they did say something or is it just that you're really quite heated right now and you can't you just you're you're at your capacity in which case step away and leave the comments somebody just trust that somebody else is going to take care of it hmm uh, and if i can add something expect that whatever you're going to write or whatever you're going to post um understand that the social dynamic social economical context uh, in which we are living in at the moment there is a feeling a predominant feeling of sadness of hurt and uh, people are going to be more vocal now that probably they would normally be and so don't uh, l- l- don't stop that from happening it's almost like you are said and i don't want to hear that but if someone is expressing how they're feeling instead of saying oh you know what no that's not true or that's not real or but i think in a different way just saying i hear you 
Nobody likes that friend where every time you go to speak, they've got something else that they want to tell you about their situation. Yeah. That's the same. This is no different, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody likes that friend. You call them and you're like, girl, this thing happened and I'm feeling really upset. And they go, oh yeah, when my boyfriend broke up with me, you know, that was really sad. You just think, are we, are we, did you hear anything I just said here? Um, so it's not to say if, if you're going to give an opinion or give a fresh perspective, first acknowledge. Because if there's no acknowledgement, it's actually going to be much more difficult for your words to be yes. heard. But if you can first acknowledge, I, I see you, I hear you, I'm my heart goes out for you, um, acknowledge what's been said, acknowledge the pain, and then add to it. But if you just chime in with an opinion, it, it smacks of, yes, okay, but me? <laughs> It does, uh, it does, and I think that this uh, mosquito wants the wine. Oh, don't uh, say that's, that. Uh, that's probably not. We gotta. <laughs> I'm not having no drunken mosquitoes. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a fight it for my wine. So it is a, uh, it is exactly as uh, as Lavella said. Um, we are going to, we need to allow the conversation to happen, not proving people wrong from what they feel. And uh, I have to say, there was a moment in one of the conversation in this group today, in the GTS family group where I felt for a moment I wanted to stop because he, I felt it was going out of hand. And then I literally had to check with myself and say, you know what, that's exactly what we need for this conversation to go. And there is a difference between being uh, this totally disrespectful to someone and a difference between creating a constructing conversation. So I, I know you're saying from a black person perspective is also like one of the things that you have done is you've been incredibly patient. In oh, a, it's a lot of patience. It, oh my God. Like the amount of calls that you had, I've the amount of like, you're your PR agent of don't know how many people right now that they say, oh, but if, be, <laughs> but what if, like, you know, as a, as a white man or as a white person, I don't know, I, I will never be able to experience or to fully understand this dynamic. I, I will never be able to do that. The reason why I will never be able to do that is because I never, experience that I, mean, I didn't grow up in that situation that environment here's the best way to put it so i used to work for a company called disability uh, mobility mobility i think it's mobility i can't even remember the name of it but anyway they do scooters and cars for people with disabilities and they it's just it's purely that marketplace and one of the trainings you'd have to go on was something along the line of disability awareness um and in that program you would be taught what was considered acceptable and you would get to learn what was okay right so if somebody's in a wheelchair is it okay do you speak to them standing up and looking down at them or should you sit next to them should you look at them at eye level what to how do these feel to them i haven't sat in a wheelchair all my life like i don't know if it's condescending if i come down to you or is that what you want because now i can look you in the eye yeah. right um if if somebody is um disabled do they want help should I ask them, you know, do I just go in and support them or is that, but until I was in a training that was developed by working with a whole bunch of people who live and breathe this to allow me to have some principles to understand that when I'm dealing with these customers, <laughs> this is an appropriate way to approach them such that they feel human, <laughs> right? And I just think if you have not experienced 
and you don't understand the history, the centuries of history and all of that sort of stuff, and you haven't been in this space before, now is the time to put yourself on a black education program of some description, right? You kind of have to understand it because otherwise you don't know. You think you're being helpful talking to somebody who's a disabled by getting on your knee and coming up close to them. You think that's helpful. You think it's helpful when you see them getting out of a car that you would help them. They don't want your help, actually, because the vast majority of people, if you don't ask them, they don't like that. That's what I learned, right? But I didn't know that. And, you know, and so because staff hadn't known that and they're well-meaning and well-intentioned, they'd piss off a client and they'd piss off a customer because they didn't ask the question and they didn't have, that's why they brought the education in, just to make sure that every employee within the organization, regardless of where you worked, understood that space enough and you're not always going to get it right but there are some primary pillars in which you say you do this and it's normally interpreted like this even though this is what you think you're doing it's normally interpreted like x and when you can understand why that interpretation is there behind certain phrases um, I'll give you an example in this context I don't see color what you mean is I don't see you as any different. I see you as, as just like any other human being. I embrace you and love you no different to anybody else. What we hear is, I don't see you because I'm black. So if you don't see color and you don't see black, you don't see me. I don't see this as an issue. I don't see this as important enough to talk about. I don't, that's what's hurt, <laughs> right? That's not what you meant, but that's how it lands. And so unless you can understand why and be open to understanding and put yourself on an education program, the same way I had to go on an education program to understand how to engage with disabled customers in a way that wasn't going to piss them off and inadvertently upset them, you know, you can't just sit there and say, I don't know what to say. You actively have to go out and start to learn. There's lots of resources popping up. I think I'm going to put a group together for exactly this matter. I don't know yet. Um, but there's lots of resources popping up. There's lots of things you can Google now because there's many people creating resources that will allow you to understand rather than continue to fight the point. But I don't see color. Understand that. What color, you're saying and what they're hearing are two different things. <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't matter how many times you hear, I don't see color. All that's being heard is, I can't see you. What you hear, what you're saying isn't important. I don't want to listen to you. This isn't an important issue for me. That's all they're hearing. So, you know, so I just, I would urge people who are feeling uncomfortable about not knowing what to say. There isn't a perfect solution, but there are some common pillars. And the same way that if you, you know, you didn't know how to deal with any particular society, you know, let's say you're from here, you're traveling to Kenya, you don't know what that's like, you do some research before you got there and pissed off the Kenyans. Um, or you're going to China, you do some research and you figure out what to say and what's acceptable and how you greet people and some basic stuff so you don't piss them off. Or if you did piss them off because you didn't collect a card in the right way, you don't then say to them, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, you seek to understand. So provided there's, you're seeking to understand, I think you'll, you'll do really well in being able yeah. to communicate. If you're asking questions, if you're open, if you're checking your privilege and checking your filters, and sometimes it may be both, um, before you communicate, I think you'll put yourself in a reasonably strong position. Well, you know, you may yeah. mess it up, but it's not a reason. Yeah, I don't always get it right either. You you do, and there is uh, for if uh, for any white person because I had many conversation with um, like 
a lot of conversation with myself lately, which I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but a lot of conversation also with other white people that are really good friends and don't know how to deal, what to post. Now, if you have a black person that you know that you are on the same page, you say, hey, do you mind if I send you some stuff because I really want to talk, but I just don't know if what I'm putting out can be correct. And what correct is, is, is a very <laughs> fine line. Um, uh, I don't know if there is something correct uh, to say. I don't know that correct. there's a correct, but, but I think... There is something that you can say. There is something that you can share. And when uh, I was... Uh, and another thing that we can do is uh, to get informed, to, to ask questions. To, there are a lot of documentaries that we can watch. Uh, and uh, right now, we are talking about this particular issue, and uh, it is important that we take the first step to make this society, to make the change in this society. And I, one of the moments where it hit me, it hit me really hard about our responsibility as uh, white people to make a change. It was actually at a speaking event where, uh, you know, when you arrive in the speaking circuit to a certain level, you actually really see a difference in ethnicity and in gender. You do. And the reason why it happens and most of the time is not because a lot of people that are belonging to these groups they are racist or they're misogynist. No. Sometimes, some people are. Not from my experience, the majority. But sometimes, because like attracts like. So, if I am a white person, and I know a friend of mine who is another white person, I'll be more likely to invite them in the group because there is a sense of similarity. And it really hit me when I went to a few events and there were no black people speaking, but because it, it was a, a invitational, like speakers were coming together, it was like, hey, I know this person, everything was recommendation only, someone else didn't come in, and that didn't create a change. And I'm talking about the speaking industry right now, at the top level. But I'm going to talk about government, so we can expand this conversation to boards, to companies, where it takes someone already in that position, to say, hey, there is an issue here, let me change things up. And is unpopular? Is probably difficult? Well, it is, but I, I will bring you back to the event in Change Now, and I've talked about this a lot, um, yeah. uh, because with, with great power comes great responsibility, eh? Yeah. Um, and uh, there's a guy called Paul Pullman, he's the ex-CEO of Unilever, and there were a couple of other guys on this panel. It's a panel of three men. And when I spoke to them in advance to prepare for the panel discussion, they all pretty much asked me the same thing, which I found quite surprising because I've never had it before. They all said to me, why is there no woman on this panel? <laughs> and I was like, I'm, I'm the event, you know, you know, is there a reason that there's no woman on this panel? And to the event organizers credit, uh, th I had panels that were all female. I had mixed panels. This one happened to be an all male panel. But here's the stance with all of these men on this panel. They were all behind the UN sustainability goals of which one is gender diversity. And as a result, 
they do not speak on a panel in which at least one woman is present. None of them. It's like a stand that they make. They just will not do it. Unless there is a woman on the panel, they're not involved. So by the time I showed up to go do the thing, they'd already engineered in the background, found and brought a woman on. I added extra prep for me, but they were not going to sit there and undermine that there I'm for diversity. I'm 110% behind these UN diversity goal, UN goals. One of them is around diversity and I, I'm not coming unless you put a woman on it. And so I feel like, honestly, every single individual, unless you go and take an audit and take stock of your current network, your current client base, who you refer, who you bring on to interviews in your podcast, like if you don't take stock and go, what is my diversity quota right now? Personally, what it, I've done it for myself. I literally had to sit and go, okay, ethnicities, check. Do I, oh shoot, do I have, do I have, do I have a balance of different, yeah. um, different sexual preferences? Like, you know, do I have gays and lesbians? And, you know, I'm kind of like, oh, actually, yep, no, I've got that. You know, I actually genuinely can sit here and say I have diversity in terms of religious backgrounds, ethnicities, sexual preferences, gender preferences. Like I have the background of all of them within my circle of people that I engage with on a regular yeah. basis and my circle of friends. I can honestly hand on heart say that's the case. And therefore what happens is when I recommend... When I, when I um, pull together my podcast, when I put people forward for stuff, I am pulling from a diverse background. But here's the thing. If you're not pulling from a diverse background, you're probably perpetuating a problem. If you're sitting on a platform where you've got the ability to help others move forward and in your, and you do not have that diverse, um, uh, diversion, what's the word uh, I'm looking diversity? for? Diversity. I'm that like one. losing it now. If you don't have that diversity in the platforms in which you're picking from, then it perpetuates, unconsciously perpetuates the problem because where are you going to go look in your network and your network is all it's looks all, the same. It's all, <laughs> it all looks the same. And that's where the, the subconscious bias is uh, perpetuated. In fact, there are a lot of comments uh, here right now about uh, about subconscious biases and how they they, they work. And, in, in, and it's difficult, yes, but it's necessary if we really want to do something about changes. So now I felt uh, really, for me it was really important to have these conversations for a few reasons. Um, one, because I've uh, been really hurt uh, by, by, this, uh, by this matter. And uh, also it is a conversation around diversity and inclusion, which in GTEx we had from day one. Um, and we never really talked publicly about that. Now, if you look at our team, for people that are involved and know the team, literally, <laughs> you go around, there is every, <laughs> every, there is always everyone which we include. And we never talked about it because for me it's a given. Uh, one of the reasons why I moved away from Italy it is because it's a very closed and racist country. And I couldn't stand living there. One of the reasons why I loved London and of course, I'm experiencing London as a white man. But one of the reasons why I love London is that from the places where I've been is the one which I saw where different cultures, different um, ethnicities, they were coming together and they were collaborating and working together. And I see that happening a lot. Of course, there is racism. Of course, there are elements of this. London is not excluded. It's not an idyllic paradise. 
But from the experience I had, it was where differences were more accepted. That's again from where I've seen it. And it also just depends on where you've hung out. Like there'll be pockets in which things will be rife. It's just not, I'm not in those pockets most of the time. It's just not where I've, I've frequented. It's just for whatever reason, it's just, it hasn't been my path. I've, I've kind of skirted around some of those things. So even living in London, if you live in London in an area in which, or you, you know, your journey is one in which you're not um, experiencing some of these stuff. I think we've just got to all be okay with, with we're all a little bit ignorant around this, regardless of the color of your skin. We've all got a little bit of ignorance around this and we could all do with learning a little bit more such that we can help each other to make the world a better place. That was quite deep, wasn't that, it? That was deep. That was deep. It's in here. Now, it's I got to say, I want to probably the final thought, um, which is uh, actually, um, I something I never, I never said, uh, I think, and I had this in my head for a while. But one of the reasons why I didn't... Uh, or I didn't talk much about the topic of diversity, of inclusion, and we always talk about this behind closed doors, but not openly. It is because I don't want to perpetrate, which is, I don't know where it's coming from, but I don't want to perpetrate the fact that, you know, black people need a white man to help them out. Which is, uh, in, my, in my mind, it was linked to, if uh, um, I talk about this as a white man, Am I patronizing right now? Uh, and I never explored this out loud, so I would love to, we never talked so to them personally. We to, haven't we haven't spoke. No. This is like raw. Um, we'll have to, t- to hear so, your take So um, here's the thing: in order for change to happen, everybody needs to be involved, and especially those who are in the position where they're able to affect the change the most. So I would argue that actually, as a white man, you probably need to do more really um because we could do with the support like you probably need to do more you probably do um because if like if i take the example of, bless you no you're um, welcome <laughs> <laughs> wow and that goes in there if i take the example of paul pullman who is yeah. white middle-aged and right behind the ideas of the un sustainability goals which are now driving how many companies are running their businesses as a result of it um, and he could do that and put that in and throw that weight around and make it happen because he was the ex-CEO of Unilever. And it's not a small company, right? And he ran it for years. Um, so if, if anything, I would say on those global matters where you are most removed from it in the, the most position of privilege, it's almost your responsibility to step into it. So that would be the first thing I'd say. Um, that being said, it's how you do it. So What's more impactful is setting down values, ways of being, principles in which you'll act, ways of auditing yourself, and doing that on a regular, consistent basis in every particular area of your life. What is not going to help and doesn't serve is, or, or comes across as patronizing um, is let me give you a leg up because you need it and I'm only going to do it now because it looks good. So if it comes across as a PR stunt, it's going to be a problem. And it normally comes across as a PR stunt if you jump out and start banging on about what you're doing really early on. I had a couple of friends of mine who really wanted to go, I want to feature you in this and that and the other. And I said, I'm going to tell you it's going to look like getting on the bandwagon to feature a whole bunch. I'm going to start featuring black people now. What we're interested in. I've seen that. I've seen that. And it was like, I, I. I've seen I've seen on social media a lot of uh, um, saying, "Oh, now we are giving discounts on our products to all our black customers." 
Yeah, like, if you're going to keep those discounts there you, forever, like, great. Are, are like, you, I'll take it. But it, it's, not, it's not helpful. What's more helpful uh, and what I've said to people is, look, if this is something you want to make a difference in, start to think about the company values that you want to have that are going to support it. Because I sat and thought about what are the posts I've seen from companies that I thought were really, really good. And the ones that really sat with me where I was like, hmm, I'm going to keep watching these guys. I'm really impressed by them. Thank you very much. We're not the ones that talked about the depth of their experience and how they're really upset and that sort of stuff from a business perspective. They were the ones that said, the best one I saw said something along the lines of we're we're ashamed and we're shocked and we're disgraced at ourselves. What it shouldn't have taken an incident as big as what's happened with George Floyd for us to have recognized yeah. how we are part of the problem. We've taken a long, hard look at ourselves and we've discovered some things we frankly don't like. We realize that we have predominantly from our position of power only been promoting, this is a women's group, only white females on our podcast, only white females in our magazine, only white females in our joint lives. Like we have really, we have done an awful, awful job at this. Here are the, here are five things that we're thinking of doing about it. And we've only just started brainstorming, but we wanted to let you know, we were sorry and we promised to do better. And as a team, that's what we're going to be doing now, looking at how we do better. That to me is a better long-term statement that is genuine, that doesn't rush because you wouldn't create a freaking new business overnight, doesn't rush to jump on something because it's a hot topic right now, but says, we've had a look, we don't like it. We're going to hold our hands up to this. We've come up with a couple of ideas straight away, but I'm not inviting a whole bunch of black people to come on the po- my podcast right now. That's a process that says we're going to go away and think about how we're going to do this. But what we what we are committed to is that you will see in these areas of our business, there will be more diversity. And we're sorry it's taken us this long. And I think you've got to think more. The businesses that are going to come out of this the most powerful are those that make long term stands based on their values and based on um and based on the behaviors that they're going to implement over time versus based on taking an action right now that allows them to ride the wave of people's awareness on a particular topic because folks don't notice that and you might get a little bit of help, but it's probably in the long term not going to serve you, especially if it doesn't stay front of mind once the media and the press have moved on to another topic. Yep. And I want to wrap up uh, this uh, this conversation. Is this your we're, final thought now? Well, Definitely. We're, we're supposed to. We're, we're, there was supposed to be like a tw- twenty minutes conversation. We've been for about an, an hour and ten minutes, and I think it was necessary. Everything that we talked about, and I want to thank everyone uh, who has been uh, who is still here live or is going to watch the recording or just join. And I want to uh, oh, finish. Oh, before you say that. If you need PR services, I'm not charging. <laughs> this is not a chargeable thing. Lovelda, Lovelda, <laughs> check your post, the PR. <laughs> I'm not charging for this, but I, I honestly do want to help create a space in which people can have a conversation to move things forward. Um, and I want people to know that if you're not sure, I'm not necessarily always going to get it right, but if you're not sure, if you want a second pair of eyes, if you, if you just need to have a conversation to say, is there something I'm not seeing here that you're seeing? Is there a perspective that I might be missing? I'm more than happy to have those conversations. I'm going to pull together. I'm, I'm going to have to systemize it in some way and pull together some sort of structured group because I feel like I'm running a PR company right now. But I do want to put that on the table and make that 
available to you, um, just DM me and I'll answer as quickly as I can to help out. I think that, that's brilliant. I don't want to be part of the group. Uh, I mean, I'm already part of the insider <laughs> group, but what uh, <laughs> also when you're in that group? So I wanna I wanna wrap up with a message that was sent by in in our group. So the reason in this group there is a post uh, where I ask every person to invite uh, and to share uh, what their what your feelings are around the situation uh, in a respectful way. As we gave already, like plenty of guidelines uh, here in this uh, in this live. Uh, Jen said something today, Genevieve Show, uh, which is one of our, our lifetime members, and she said something today that uh, it, it really landed an important point for me. And she wrote, um, "But I'm truly sick of the subtle racism, the denial of white privilege, the people that want to tell you no, it's not because you're black." And you, blat- and you blatantly know that it is. When people use the term you people and expect me not to be offended. When we are told to get over slavery, but we are still treated like slaves. When issues that affect black ethnic minorities are ignored. And uh, if we bear this in mind, then we can bridge the gap, get closer, and really create a world where we will not have to have these conversations anymore. <laughs> That's that's the world that I want to live in for for me, for my kids, for the people that are going to be after us. So thank you very much. You're welcome. For the, your PR services <laughs> <laughs> for the interview. It's just Lavelda's insights. Yeah. I I just want to help. I honestly just want to make it better. And I'm sick of the pain. Um, I hear you. Yeah, it's a lot. Yes. It's a lot. All right. Thank you very much, everyone. Lots of love. See you next time. Let me know what you think below. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Explode Your Expert Business Show. If you enjoyed the interview, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every week, we will select a winner from the reviews that we get. So it might be you. Make sure you give us a review. It means the world to us, and that's how you can help us grow the show. Also remember to download the Expert Business Checklist to get the roadmap on how to become an authority in your field. The link is in the show notes or you can visit gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. So it's gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. And as well, finally, if you want to receive daily support in your coaching and speaking business or explore how we can work together, join our private Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz. Again, you can find it on Facebook at Explode Your Expert Biz or the link is in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially.